Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, March 16th. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. How are things going for you, Jeff? They're going great, Rod. I finally was able to get my chip implanted today. <laughs> I know you're joking, but I mean, it's great news uh, getting, the, getting the first dose of the vaccine. Uh, One step good. closer to being able to go to a football game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got mine on um, what last Wednesday or Thursday. So, so yeah, definitely a good feeling. Uh, we are joined by our friend Peter Jones, who is has also <laughs> received a dose. Peter, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing good, Rod. Yeah, very good. Hi, Jeff. Hi, um, Peter. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, you too. Yeah, I got mine on. Sunday rod and my wife got hers on Friday just gone so yeah like you guys say it's a step in the right direction a step to, to being able to go and see live football yeah yeah definitely definitely a good feeling guys um good to talk to you guys we are we're not going to mess around because we got a lot of football to talk about um I'm going to skip the drink part again kind of kind of fading away from that a little bit I'm drinking a beer but nothing special um <laughs> we've got we got free agency news we got free agency going on um everybody's just been refreshing on their phones for the last two days you know just try <laughs> their thumbs are worn out uh just waiting for for news to happen uh the browns browns struck with uh with john johnson uh and a move that has everybody excited uh signing him to a three-year 33 uh almost 34 million dollar deal with 24 million guaranteed uh, I think that's some, you know, one of the moves everybody wanted to see. Uh, everybody wanted to see a defensive end. Eh, the Browns signed Tag McKinley to a deal that's, uh, depending on what you look at, it's worth uh, somewhere between four and six million, I think, on a one-year deal. Uh, different opinions on, on Tag McKinley. Uh, not a lot of them are real great, but uh, hopefully he can come in and, you know. Uh, get a new attitude in Cleveland and maybe, you know, maybe become a player that, that people think, you know, uh, that he, that he can be. He obviously had uh, um, some promise uh, coming out of school or he wouldn't be in, in the NFL, you know, at this point. So um, I just kind of want to talk about those two guys briefly. So uh, Jeff, your thoughts on, on those two signings and, you know, um, what did you expect the Browns to do at this point in free agency and how's what they've done compare to what's actually happened? Well, I, I was a little bit caught off guard, to be honest, that they went safety with, you know, the, the big signing. Um, I expected one big signing, possibly two, uh, but I really thought it would come at edge um, just because that's where the money's been committed in the past, primarily. Um, but I think, you know, the, the, there's definitely a need at safety and I don't know if it's as great as the need at edge, but, um, you know, I, I like the signing. I mean, I, I think I mentioned to you that if, you know, you want to have a defense like the Rams, the quickest way to do that is to go take their players. So, yeah. um, you know, from everything I've read on him, um, you know, I think he's, a a versatile guy um, who should be an anchor back there for us for the next three years at least. So, hey, that's great. You know, one one problem solved um, in the secondary. Um, still a lot of questions back there. Um, you know, the the Tack McKinley signing. Um, I, I don't know. I think he's a I think he's a, a secondary piece. I don't I don't see him. You know, stepping into the, the Vernon role. Um, I really think that's why he was brought here. And I, I, I don't think it solves the question of who's going to be our starting left edge. Um, but we'll talk some more about that as we get through the night here. Yeah. So, so Peter, what, uh, what do you think the Browns, uh, we think the Browns can expect out of John Johnson and Tack McKinley? Well, I think, I think Johnson's an ex an excellent signing. Um, you know, when you think that you've got Ronnie Harrison already, hopefully, you know, Grant Delpit comes back from his injury. And all of a sudden, you know, it, I think with Delpit, it would be like getting a, a new player as well. So all of a sudden mm -hmm. you've got, you've got, you know, three, three really good players potentially at the safety position. And 
And Johnson, as, as, as Jeff said, Johnson's really, really versatile guy. I mean, I think that um, I think he's better playing deep rather than closer to the closer to the line of scrimmage. But uh, he's an excellent cover guy, can tackle, will get up and play the run. Um, you know, I I, th- I I think he's just a, an excellent excellent pickup, and I think he's a guy that still hasn't reached his peak. You know, he's four years into his into his pro career, missed some time in. 2019 um so i think this is a guy that's still on the rise as well um yeah so yeah i mean i, I think that uh, it's always difficult isn't it in, in free agency you never quite know how these guys are going to work out but but i think when you get a guy yeah. that's that's on the rise a guy that appears to be a high character team leader type of guy then yeah i think i think you know it looks it looks like a really a really good pickup and um, I think he'll do, I think he'll do a really good job for for the Browns there. Um, the, the Tack McKinley pickup, I think there's going to be lots of guys at that kind of four million, five million level knocking around this year, um, and there are every year. But I think this year in particular, because I think this is a really weird year for free agency. Um, obviously, with COVID hitting the salary cap. Um, I think that's causing half of the league lots of problems, and then the other half of the league has got lots of cap space. So this is kind of almost too a split this year. Mm-hmm. And so, I th- so I think we're going to end up with lots of guys of the kind of four or five million a year, one year deal type free agents, almost a kind of prove it year type thing for those for those guys. And I think that McKinley fits right into that into that slot. Um, He's fast, and, and and I and I'm not I'm not sure. I, I guess he fits as a fourth as a four three end, which fits the, which fits the Browns. I'm not sure that he's probably not better suited to to a three four outside linebacker, to be honest. But I think as a specialist pass rusher, I think I think he hits home. So I think put him up, you know, on on third down. I think I think he can start. You know, I think he could be the the end opposite Miles Garrett, um, but I but I still think that they're probably going to want to look for another guy at that position if they can get one, whether that's in free agency or in, or in the draft. Yeah, I think that's how most Browns fans feels that they're, yeah, that they're they're still looking, uh, still looking to add to that position group because uh, there's really a lot of question marks after. You know, after Miles, and even if you, you know, even if you consider Tack McKinley to be the starter uh, behind those guys, there's not much proven talent at all on the roster, and uh, it's it's tough to expect to make much of a run, um, you know, with with uh, you know just two guys like that. It, 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 yeah, it, it is. And, and although we say this about lots of positions, it really is true at the edge position. You can never have enough of those guys. <laughs> those guys that can get to the passer and kill the passing game, you just can't have enough of those guys. So, yeah, you know. That's right. Well, that's so, what's kind of great about the Johnson signing, though, is that, um, you know, there are a lot of question marks, and but with him, you know what you're getting. Yep, absolutely. You know, McKin- McKinley's another question mark, um, but with Johnson, you know what you're getting every play. And we need yep. more of those. Yeah, so um, so my, my computer's kind of freezing up on me here. I was going to look at, uh, you know, some of the <laughs> other guys that are available. And, and unfortunately, I've got a bunch of screens open and nothing's moving. So um, <laughs> what I what I do have open, which I which I was unaware of, is the fact that you know a lot of people had talked about the Browns, you know, and corner, and everybody liked uh, Mike Hilton, you know, to come in as as a third corner for the Browns uh, from the Steelers, and and the Bengals signed him apparently to a four year deal uh, worth twenty four million, and uh, the Bengals are spending some money. You would think that they we're really trying to make a run with what they're doing. You know, obviously they replace, they replace one end with another, but, um, they've spent some money, kind of a little bit surprising. So, um, let's go back to, uh, 
Do you guys, uh, either of you, expect the Browns to to be serious about signing another edge guy in free agency? Do you think there's somebody out there in you know in the appropriate salary range that they would bring in either to, to compete with Ty McKinley or or be you know that one of the you know first or second guy in off the bench maybe? Or do you think that they're that they um, look to the draft? to fill, you know, to fill out that room. What do you think, Jeff? Well, I, I think it's going to have to be the draft at this point. Um, missing out on those top tier guys and, and just based on how the market went for all those edges. I mean, we we were talking those guys being in the $10 million plus range. Well, the, geez, they're all in the $15 million plus range. Um, and kudos to Andrew Berry for not playing in that sandbox. Um, but um, I, I think with the uh, Tack McKinley signing, it signaled to me that they're going to look at edge with one of their first few picks in the draft. Um, it's too bad that it's not, you know, a, a top heavy draft for edge, but there seems like there's a number of players later, like in the second and third round that are worth looking at for that role. And, you know, maybe McKinley is kind of a one-year bridge to developing somebody um, out of college. Yeah. That, do you agree with that, Peter? Or you think there's somebody still out there who could help the Browns? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that. I mean, the, 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 the name that's still out there, I believe he hasn't, hasn't signed anywhere yet, is the guy at the Cardinals. Um, who in essence, Hassan, yeah, yeah Reddick. Hassan yeah. Reddick, yeah. There's a um, couple other guys, but they're older, I think. I'm not sure if anything's happened. Um, I mean, Melvin Ingram's coming off an injury, I think. Um, and I, and I yeah. think somebody somebody will pick up Ingram. Uh, and he may be one of those guys that sits there and sits there and sits there and ends up signing a three or four million, one year, three or four million dollar yeah. deal towards the end of free agency. So, so again, I think if you, if you hit the end of free agency and you haven't, and you haven't got a second guy, um, or you haven't drafted one, then, then, you know, Ingram would be an ideal guy to, to bring in on a kind of stop gap again. Um, mm-hmm. But Reddick's the guy, Reddick's the guy that interests me because he had really had a breakout year in 2020. And yeah, he, you know, he's the top guy left. No, yeah. no doubt. Um, um but 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 as Jeff as Jeff said, you know most of the most of those top guys are in the what looks like the fifteen million dollar a year range, and yeah, and then it's all it's all about all about value, isn't it? It's what it's it's I don't mind spending fifteen million dollars a year on a guy if I get fifteen million dollars a year's worth of value. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a that's that's a lot of money to go wrong on a player if you do go wrong. Whereas th- whereas three or four million in this day and age isn't. Do you think it's possible, Peter, to get that kind of value out of two guys on a line? I mean, when you've already got Miles Garrett, yeah, you know, I, I, playing yeah. in that atmosphere, you know, can you can you get another guy um, to to give you that kind of contribution? I, I think absolutely yes. You know, when you've got when you when you've got a Miles Garrett, you would expect the guy rushing from the other from the other end to pick up a whole bunch of sacks tackles tackles for losses just because garrett's there mm-hmm. yeah i've got i've got two other names for you peter tell me what you think about either one of these guys because as far as i can tell neither one of them signed yet and that's uh alden smith from the cowboys um these are both older guys and, and ryan kerrigan um 31 and 32 years old but i mean the browns are looking for somebody for for one year. And I don't think either one of these guys did a whole lot last season, but you're looking for somebody to come in and, you know, maybe not play every down anyways. Um, I mean, or, you know, or even be out there all the time, right. You know, split time with Tack McKinley or, you know, um, or be in a rotation. So what, what are your thoughts on either of those two guys? You know, Smith, Smith's an, Smith's an interesting guy because, you know, he spent a number of years out of the league with, you know, whole bunches of personal problems. So, so although he's, he is a little bit older, he doesn't have the old body in terms of, you know, NFL injuries and that, and that kind of thing. Um, again, uh, he's a guy that I, I think if you were looking to sign, you're looking to sign him on a one year, 
four or five million dollar deal again. So going back to Jeff's point, I think I think you know him with McKinley, you've probably got two halves of a hole there if you if you like, um, yeah. you know, and, and a and a rotation there. So I, I, you know, I wouldn't have a problem spending, you know, four or five million on Alden Smith on a on a one year on a one year deal. Um, I think he was solid in in 2020. Um, I don't know the number of sacks he had, but I would imagine it's it's half a dozen that kind of number. Um, yeah, and, and I, I think th- so. And I think if you can kind of add that to Miles Garrett and then and then add McKinley adding in a you know a few sacks here and there, then I then I think uh, I think it's job done. Um, and I, and I think I think Ryan Kerrigan's probably in the same in the same level of conversation. Probably half a dozen or so sacks last year. Um, yeah, similar, similar, similar type of conversation. I, you know, he's a guy that's got lots of sacks over his over his career. Um, but again, he's a, he's an he's, he's an older guy, and um, I guess I guess his jo- his job's done at, at at Washington with that line that they've got there with Chase Young and Montez Sweat and. A pretty know, good line. Yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 pretty good, um, but yeah, no. I, again, I think I think Kerrigan can do a can do a job for one for one or two years, um, and and I think in this market this year, again, you know, I'd be looking to to get that type of guy on a one year, similar type deal to what McKinley was. So I think if you can get one of those two, um, plus plus McKinley, then I, as I say, I think I think it's job done, and you can start looking elsewhere in the draft. Yeah. And thoughts on that, Jeff? Yeah, no, I mean, Peter's right. Um, if if one of those guys will come in on a team-friendly deal, um, we need the help this year and next. You know, I, I, I like developing guys for the future, but, um, you know, right now we're, we're in a win-now mode. So, you know, if we can get a guy that, that can play at that level um, on something team-friendly, for sure, do it. And I, I think Jeff raises a really important point there, which which sometimes gets missed, particularly when we talk about the draft. Is it's you know it's very difficult for a younger guy, particularly a rookie, to come in and start and contribute straight away. They'll contribute yeah. straight away, but but they're not they're not going to be at their full level, their full you know meet their full potential straight away. And so when you're a team that I think, you know, is a team that's in contention, a team that's very close to a championship game or even a Super Bowl, then you're looking to get guys that can come in and start as soon as possible, straight away, straight away, in other words. Exactly. Um, And and, and so that's something that you have to think about when you go through the, 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 you know, the draft process. Obviously, you want to draft for the future. But if you've got a big hole, you know, don't necessarily think about that you're going to draft the guy this year that's going to come in and contribute and start 16 games and play at a pro bowl level you know you're looking at your draftees this year to be progressing and be starting next year and pro bowl by year three that kind of thing so i think it's a really important point that jeff raises there well I, i really appreciate that peter because that concept is completely new to us in cleveland um, you know, we're used to thinking about who are we going to draft this year and what's their contribution going to be. Um, you know, yeah, it's we have to we have to change our perspective about the draft. Well, I kept when you're I drafting twenty sixth. You're yeah. not you're not getting a guy that's going to come in and and dominate as a rookie. It's just not even though happen. they used to be expected to. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so real quick, guys. Um, I know there's there's some good corners in the draft. The Browns have a lot of holes at corner. So um, uh, between the two of you guys, who are some corners in free agency that you think are in the range that the Browns, um, you know, might be looking uh, to spend, which is, you know, I think probably even less than that four to five million dollar range. Um, you know, uh, guys that they can get in on a decent deal who can who can contribute and provide depth at corner. Um, I mean, there's still quite a few cornerbacks out there, but I mean, they're, they are not going to sign any of these top tier corners. I don't think, I think if they bring in a top tier corner, it's probably going to be, you know, through the draft, I would think, um, but, you know, I'm kind of working my way down and, uh, trying to 
trying to find, you know, somebody who. Um, I know Kevin King's come up, and Peter, you probably want him to stay in Green Bay. Um, mm-hmm. um, Troy so, Hill, yeah. I mean, uh, then it then it drops down quite a ways. Um, Richard Sherman, I don't know what kind of deal he's going to get. People have talked about him coming to Cleveland. Um, I mean, there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. Any, yeah, I think- any thoughts? Yeah, I think there's a there's a couple, you know, two or three things there. I think that um, you know the likes of Richard Sherman. I think there's lots of teams that would be interested in in Richard Sherman on a short term deal, but, but you're talking in the ten million range probably. So, yeah. The same with same with Patrick Peterson. Um, yeah. Browns aren't going to do that. Yeah, and I, and I think that you know maybe maybe a, a Xavier Rhodes type. You know, it was a it was a good player, good solid starting corner in in Minnesota for a long time. You know, played at Indianapolis last year. He's a good player. Now, you know, you're probably in the seven million range a year for somebody like Xavier Rhodes. I would imagine that kind of figure. But I think it's going to depend on on what happens in the next in the next few days because. As teams start to release guys to get under the cap, and mm-hmm. and more of these teams sign more of these bigger free agents, and then have to start to release guys, eventually it's going to push the market price down of some of those guys that are still out there, because all of a sudden mm-hmm. there's going to be whole bunches of corners, for example, in that four, five, six, seven, a million million a year range, who will suddenly become three, four, and five million a year. Um, right. Kevin King could be one of those guys. And Kevin King's a guy that really splits opinion in Green Bay and has done for ever since he ever since he he, he, he was drafted. Um, physical corner. His 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 downside is he doesn't have great speed and is injured is injured a lot. Um, if he weren't injured a lot. Well, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have hit the free agent market. I'm sure. Um, yeah. I think. I think he's. A, I think he's a good player. Uh, um, but again, yeah, he's. A, he's a guy that's probably in that five million a year range. But he's. But he's young. Um, Kevin King. What is he? Twenty five years old. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so. So. So that there's a guy that, if you're prepared to, take a little bit of chance on his on his injury history. Which is a, which is a shoulder injury that you, which he's had since being in college. There's a guy that you could imagine signing on a three-year, fifteen million dollar total contract, five million a year, that kind of thing, um, and that that would be a good pickup, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you think, Jeff. I I don't know. I think for the right guy, I could almost see the Browns signing a corner in that range. Uh, you know, if they did, it'd be it'd be one guy, <laughs> you know, and then everybody else they brought in would be on, you know, contracts under two million a season um, at that at that position. They, they've got some spots to fill. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, you're putting a lot of, of um, weight on Greedy Williams coming back. Um, unless you bring in somebody that you know can hold down that position. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So I, mean, I, I guess in an ideal world, you'd like to pick up one of those kind of mid-range free agent corners, and then hopefully, you know, a corner would fall to you either in the first or second round, somewhere reasonably high in the draft that you could you could develop to be, you know, the starter next year. Right. Yeah, and I think this is a good place to transition to the draft. And and Peter has uh, you have positional boards out that you put out on on, on Twitter. Are are you still on uh, version one, Peter? Which is what I have in front of me. I'm, I'm on version one of the published one. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you're working on version two. I'm sure because oh. <laughs> I know you're always working. So. <laughs> Uh, let's let's start with with corners. Um, you know, I really don't want to go mock draft and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I really want to kind of look at um, where we think the Browns are going to going to go in this draft. And 
I think we've known since since uh, you know last last May that or you know or, or actually <laughs> you know last April that the Browns were going to be addressing defense in this draft. Uh, right. You know, and specifically corner safety, maybe linebacker, and and maybe you know edge, uh, depending on what they do in free agency. But uh, but definitely defense. So. I'm really intrigued with the with the corners in this draft, and and I'll tell you why because I, I start going down the list of the top guys, and I see six two, six two, six one, six one, um, five ten, but then six three, six one, six two, six one, six one. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's some big corners in this draft, and yep. And to have talented big corners like that, with all, especially with all the the big frame receivers that have come out recently and are in the league, um, man, these guys could really help a team. You know, um, I, obviously depending on how they, you know, if they if they play up to their up to their billing. So, so I guess I guess Peter, let's let's kind of go through. Um, because my way of thinking here is even if the Browns sign somebody like Kevin King, there's a darn good chance they're taking a corner in in either the first or the second round in this draft. Uh, I would, you know, I, I'll almost be surprised if they don't take a corner in round one or two, um, because I don't know if they're taking another safety. I, you know, and and I think the other picks could be an edge, uh, could be a linebacker, but I think there's a real good chance they take. They take a corner. So, so tell us about your favorites, and then kind of, kind of guys that you think, if the Browns stay put, yeah, who could, who could be there for them in the, in the first and second round? Yeah. So I think, so I think, I think at corner, you've got this kind of two, two solid groups, if you like. You've got a, a group of the top three corners, um, which are Caleb Farley, Patrick Satan. And then slightly below those two, J.C. Horn. And you would expect all three of those to have gone probably by the middle of the first round. Horn may be around pick 20, but certainly I would expect those three to have gone by the time the Browns pick at 26. Um, So they they would have to move up to get one of those guys. Yeah. Um, You know, I I think it would be a a fluke if one of those were to drop any any further. And And I think that would only happen if there was a sudden run on one of the other positions, like wide receiver, for example. But mm-hmm. um, so I, so I think at 26, where the Browns are picking, I think you're looking at this kind of second group of corners, which start with um, Greg Newsom of Northwestern. And um, I think the thing about Newsom is so, so he's just he's just had his pro day at Northwestern. I think it was last last week. And run an incredible forty time, uh, well under four four, um, which I think has surprised surprised a lot of a lot of people. So he's a, so he's a decent decent size, about six one, um, and like you say, lots of these corners in this draft are, are that kind of size, six 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 one six two. Um, Asante Samuel is the kind of outlier for yeah. that. Who 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 we'll get to in a minute, but. I think I think a guy around somewhere between twenty and thirty, Greg Greg Newsom is probably the the guy that most teams in that area who are looking for a corner would probably be angling for. Um, yeah, I, I mean he's a he's a very aggressive corner, very physical. Um, a little bit of a, in, a little bit like, and you've probably not seen too much of him, but a little bit like Jair Alexander at the Packers right now. Very physical, very in your face, team leader type. The, the type of guy that you'd like at corner, to be honest. You know, not not passive in 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 any way. So, yeah, I, I mean, I like I like Newsom in that in that position a lot. Um, okay. I, I get. I guess a couple of the other guys around that kind of area. Um, there's two corners at at Georgia, um, Eric Stokes and um, uh, Tyson Campbell. 
and and Campbell is kind of seems to be rising up people's draft boards right now. Um, but I think I think for me it's Newsom if he's there. I think you take you think you take him. I think you grab him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of these other guys. I, I guess it depends on if you're looking for so guys like. Aaron Robinson at Central Florida is a kind of a slot corner, which in this day and age is becoming more of more of an important position. Um, and, and the name I just mentioned, Asante Samuel, I struggle with him because of his size. Um, yeah. You know, five ten, and I'm not even sure he's he's five ten. And he reminds, as a Packers fan, he reminds me of Terrell Buckley, who the Packers drafted many years ago. Out of Florida, out of Florida State, who was a very good ball player, but was just uh, physically too too small, and and that's who Samuel reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other guy, if you, if you got down to to round two, round three, which would be an interesting one for the for the Browns, would be the guy out of Ohio State, Sean Wade, who yep. who I have to say was better in 2019 than he was in. And the abbreviated 2020, um, but that's because in 2019 he played most of his time in the slot rather than covering on the outside. So again, if you're looking for a slot guy, Sean Wade in round two or round three would be a good pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of these guys uh, that are that are ranked high enough to go in the in the first couple rounds, um, maybe up up to as many as. 10 or 11, I guess, if there's really a run on corners. Yeah, I, 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 I could absolutely see 10 or 11 going in the first two and a half rounds. Abs- absolutely could see that. Mm-hmm. Then, I, then it looks like there's a little bit of a drop-off after that, it seems. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So, um yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued by by the Browns getting, you know, a cornerback that's over six foot tall who can play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a lot of guys on the team over over uh, six foot, you know, at the wide receiver or or corner position. So, um, be kind of be kind of nice to have bring somebody in like that. So, um, matches up size wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we're we're fortunate that we have a number one guy back there that can take. The other team's number one out of the game, um, but okay. after that, there's a pretty big drop off. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. has been. What's 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 just as an aside? What's amazing to me? There's a guy out of South Carolina, Israel Makwamu. He is six foot four and a bit. It's huge, absolutely huge for a corner. Mm-hmm. Now he's 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 a guy that you'd be looking at a little bit further down the draft in the in the middle rounds. But if you're looking for a big guy, he's it. It's huge. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's yeah, a guy nice. that he's a guy that you think probably ought to be playing, ought to be playing strong safety, and probably with a bit with a bit more weight, probably ought to be playing outside linebacker. He's a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> so the Browns, uh, the Browns have addressed safety, but if the Browns were looking for a true free safety in the draft, some guy to come in and play center field. Um, you know, especially you know if they if they have issues, you know, first guy off the bench, who who would they be looking at in the draft? And probably not a guy that would take real high, I wouldn't think, in the draft. But uh, who, who do you think the best uh, best prospects are at free safety? So, so, so there's a couple of guys that um, so a guy that's getting a lot of kind of press and seems to be moving up the draft boards right now is is Richie Grant in Central Florida. Um, he's, he's just on, un, just under six foot. So if, so if you like, probably slightly undersized for a, for a, for a typical safety, but, um, is, is a good deep safety. Again, he's another, he's another guy that's kind of aggressive and physical and will get up and play to play to run. He loves to hit. Um, there's a career that's got. Um, this guy that's got, um, I think it's ten or eleven interceptions in his in his college career. So he makes he makes play, he makes plays, and and uh, yeah, he's a guy that's around the ball a lot. 
So forces fumbles, recovers fumbles. One of those guys that, you know, if the ball's on the ground, it just always seems to be him that's either caused it or, or recovered it. So Rich, Richie, Richie Grant, I think, is, is, a, is a good guy if you can get him probably in about round two. Um, the, the, the other guy um, is the guy at Syracuse, Andre Sisko. So a very typical what we would have called in the old days, ball hawking type of free safety type of guy. Um, lots of interceptions. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but lots of interceptions across his um, college career. Um, get sideline to sideline, but just seems one of those free safeties that always just seems to find the ball in the air, you know, and pick and yeah. pick off passes. Um, now the only, the only issue with, him is that he he suffered an ACL injury in 2020 early early in the year early in the year, um, else he'd probably be a first round pick. So he's one of those guys that that you might be able to get in round two, round three, maybe dropped to round three that you could throw a dart at, and if and if he if he's back to where he was, you're getting a bargain. Yeah, Peter, I just looked him up. In 2018, he had seven interceptions. In 2019, yeah. he had five. Yeah, in only nine games. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely one of those guys. When you when you go back and look at you know, Syracuse from from those from those years, it seemed like he was making plays all the time. Now, obviously, what's that? Twelve interceptions you've just given us over over two years, and he's just one of those guys that just seems to come up with those plays. Yeah, well, it, you know, it'll be interesting, um, you know, to, just to see what the Browns are thinking. I, when I think of Andrew Berry and just what he's done in the in the draft, you know, what he did last season um, for the Browns, I think he goes after the best guy. So, yeah. um, you know, and he'll he'll move up a spot or back a couple spots, and he will. If one of these guys is there, even if he's got three safeties on the roster, but he can get a guy who he thinks is going to, going to contribute or going to be, you know, a great player, you know, in in a year, I think I think I'll take him. So, yeah. um, so I I could definitely see him going after you know one of those two guys in this spot. Um, I th- I, th- I think the other ni- name that's worth throwing out there, and and. It, 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 this partly comes into the linebacker discussion. Is the guy from Notre Dame? I'm going to try and pronounce his name. Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. Um, so I don't know if you guys remember the guy that, um, because his name slipped my mind now, that um, Isaiah Simmons that that Arizona picked last year. Yeah. He's kind of a kind of a yeah. hybrid hybrid From linebacker Thompson. safety safety guy. Yeah. Um. Well, this guy from from Notre Dame is a very similar type player. Safety and linebacker, or safety, safety linebacker. Um, so, so he's the kind of guy probably in, in the in the four three that you'd probably have as a weak side outside linebacker because he's not very he's not very big. So he's six one, two fifteen ish, if you can believe believe that. Uh, there are rumours that he's that he's actually even smaller than that. Um, <laughs> So, so it might be that he, be, he best fits safety in the in the um, in the NFL. Um, the the reason he's kind of liked at linebacker, he, he he does it all. So so he can he can rush the passer, excellent excellent blitzer, covers tight ends, covers backs out of the backfield, and and makes plays. So he makes sacks, has interceptions, breaks up passes. He's quite a dominant player at that. At, you know, for for Notre Dame over a couple of, over a couple of years, um, and plays big in the big games. So so Notre Dame beat Clemson earlier this year or last season just season just gone, and he, he had a huge game in that game. Um, so so that's definitely a guy that would you would expect to go again somewhere between picks twenty and thirty. And if he were there, he would certainly be an, in, be an interesting. Somebody will take him in that range. I'm sure they will. Yeah, I mean, that would that would definitely be interesting because uh, 
I mean, I think, you know, John, John Johnson is so versatile too. A lot of people have talked about him, you know, almost being linebacker ish himself, you know, um, I think we give the Browns a lot of flexibility if they, if they could, you know, if, um, if they went that direction, um, yeah. I just go ahead, Peter. No, I was going to say, and especially in this day and age with the, you know, with the predominance of the, of the, of the passing game, you know, um, yeah. Wusu Karamo is a guy that, that would never, you'd never need to take him off the field. So you'd leave him in mm-hmm. there in nickel and dime situations. Um, right. Right. So it's, 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 you know, very interesting. My, my only reticence is that sometimes you find these guys that, that are kind of between positions somehow never find a position that te- right. teams end up never quite knowing what his best position is and never finding it for him, you know? Yeah, and they, they kind of float around out there and never uh, never get good at anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, know, um, I, know that, yeah. I know that feeling only too well, Rod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I understand, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, the Browns and the linebacker position, um, it, it's kind of like a big secret. Okay, we, we really don't know... We just have ideas of what the Browns think about the linebacker position. You know, they, they waited until, uh, what, the was it the, the fourth or the fifth round they took Jacob Phillips last year, Jeff? Um, I, think it was, I think it was fourth. I think. Fourth round, that's sure. you know, and everybody expected yeah. them to take, you know, a linebacker higher, and they just, you know, took out the players and kept waiting. So, you know, so people, uh, you know, talk uh, linebacker, <clears throat> we really don't know. So if the right. Browns are interested in a linebacker, um, what do you, what direction might they go? Um, aside from aside from the the gentleman you just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> nice dodge on the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. um, I might have been able to get it, but yeah. <laughs> it probably sounds even worse in UK English, but. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I guess the, the really interesting guy at linebacker, and again, he's another guy likely to go in that kind of 20 to 30 range, um, is Zaven Collins of Tulsa. Yeah. And, and the reason he's so, so, so he's, he's fast, he's physical, but I guess the thing that really excites and intrigues is the guy's 6'4", 260. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And yeah, he's one of those guys that can play the run, can play in coverage, can rush the passer, does does it all. He's just huge for a linebacker. You don't see linebackers, particularly inside linebackers or middle linebackers, that size. Um, he looks a bit like Brian Erlacher that used to play for the Bears. Looks a bit like that guy. Now, obviously, if you could get a guy that played like Brian Erlacher, then you'd be right. jumping jumping at taking <laughs> yeah. that guy but he's he's the guy that's just he's just hugely intriguing and and certainly will be you know again a guy that's probably around in that 20 to 30 area in terms of a pick and and, and absolutely worth that value if he was there at 26 i see him mocked to the browns a lot peter right okay. um you know so um but the way things have gone in the past, that means there's probably about zero chance that he'll actually end up here. <laughs> well, it means there's probably 10 teams waiting to trade up to 20 and, and snag him. Right, right, right. But I like the thought process. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it depends what the Browns want. Um, I mean, this this draft, and we've already talked about the depth at, at corner. Um, you know, I, I don't know if the Browns are going to, to draft it at uh you know interior d line or not you know it'd probably be later in the draft i think if they go that route um this draft is loaded with wide receivers again um second season in a row i mean how how many wide receivers do you expect to go in the first round peter um just roughly five five in the first round yeah yeah quite that, that that kind of number and, and, and as you said it's, it's it's probably it's at least as good a wide receiver class as last year's maybe better and that's and that's and that's saying a lot given you know yeah. how good last last year certainly was on paper going into the draft at least yeah yeah 
Um, yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, good offensive linemen too. Um, how many in what uh, probably four quarterbacks going in the first round? Four, probably five, ten. Yeah, four, five, and then. And then a couple, maybe what, two running backs going in the first round. Uh, Harris and Etienne. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you start adding the numbers up, and, and you wonder, you wonder about the breakdown. So, you know, there, there's a shot that that Zayvon Collins could could be there and, for the Browns. Yeah, um, and that's exact. That's exactly the thing. If 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 five quarterbacks go before then, and I expect five will go. You know, the, the, there's four in the top 10 plus Mac Jones, I think. Five will go. Three or four wide receivers because he could easily go by pick 20. Or three definitely will. Four quite possibly. And all of a sudden that's nine, you know, just on those two on just on those two positions. Like you say, throw in a couple of running backs, throw in a couple of edge guys, two or three edge guys, and all of a sudden that's 14 or 15 picks, and we haven't even talked about the other positions yet. I mean, the, yeah, I mean that's the, offensive line. You know there's going to yeah. be several of those guys go. Five, at least five. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, um... I think the Browns have have a shot, especially when you when you talk about Zayvon Collins or uh, uh, Jeremiah Awusu Karamoa. Yeah, nicely right. done. Thank you. I wanted to hear Peter say it at least three times. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, uh, Peter, just based on the information we have right now, as far as what the Browns have done, uh, just. Just give me. Uh, I think we probably did this last year. Just give me what you think would be uh, would be just a, a tremendous draft for the Browns, just through maybe the first three, uh, three rounds. And the Browns, um, I don't have their their the numbers of their picks right in front of me, but they they have uh, you know a first, a second, and then two picks in the third. Um, twenty six, fifty nine, and then eighty nine and ninety one, Rod. Okay. Yeah. So now, so now you put, so now you're putting me, now you're putting me on the spot. So, so, so I think that, so, so I think it, it, I think in the first round, it's one of those three guys. It's either Newsom, it's Awusu Koromoa, or it's Zayvon Collins. So we're going to assume one of those three will drop to them at, at, at 26. Um, and then I guess you go from what position did we not pick in the first round to, to um, who we might get in in round two. Um, yeah. Uh, let me think about that. Um, so picking what fifty right? So right right near the end of round two. Fifty nine. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. You said fifty nine, right? Yeah. So so I think it will depend if they if they didn't get if if they don't get Newsom, for in um in round one so say they took one of the other positions in round one so say they say collins drops to them in in round one and then they come back for a corner corner say in round two then then somebody like eric stokes of out of georgia um it's likely to be there around the fifth between 50 and 60. so i think that would be a um a good pick so we've assumed we've gone saving collins in round one Eric Stokes of Georgia in round round two. Um, round three. I guess what other positions are they really then looking for if they've covered off corner and and yeah. and linebacker? Edge. I, I would say edge. Um, you know, maybe maybe safety. Um, you know, they may be maybe looking for you know maybe looking for either a. A big or a uh, uh, either a big frame or a speedster wide wide out, you know, maybe right. round three or four. Right. So, 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 so the edge guy that I think will go in round three is Quincy Roach of Miami. So, so Miami's got three three edge guys, um, Rousseau, Jalen Phillips, who will go, both go in round one. Um, but Quincy Roach 
doesn't doesn't stand up against the the run particularly well, but is a is a huge pass rusher, really quick or really quick off the edge. So I think in round in round three, if 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 Roach is there, uh, I think you've then got Collins in round one, Stokes in round two, Roach in round three. That sounds like a really good draft to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they got another pick. What? What? Um, four picks later, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, well, two picks later, they're at ninety-one, later. and then they got another one at one ten. Uh, yeah. So the three really bunched tight at at the end of the third round. Right. Beginning of the fourth. Yeah. So. Um, I guess uh, I guess at this point, Peter, if, if they were going to go wide receiver um, yeah. into the third round, and and to my way of thinking, they 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 either want a big guy with great hands, you know, and decent speed, or they want some guy just a flat out burner. Um, one of the, one of the two. Yeah, and I know this draft I'm... has both. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess one of the guys, um, are the Browns allowed to draft the guy from Michigan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he did last year. Yeah, it has to be at the very end of the draft. That'd be seven That's a rule. <laughs> so, 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 so the wide re- the wide receiver that kind of fits, just as you've described, Rod, kind of end of round three-ish, is, o- is over six, six, four, two... Uh, 215, 220, that kind of number is Nico Collins out of Michigan, um, and 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 he's exactly that. He's a big, physical receiver, um, good in the red zone, um, decent production and decent production in college without having the top top numbers. And if he had the top top numbers, he wouldn't be there in the third round anyway. Um, but that's the that's the guy at the end of the third round. If he's there, Nico Collins would be the wide receiver pick for me, because he fit, he fits exactly that mold that you've just described, and you'll and you'll forgive him coming from Michigan, I'm sure. And right after right <laughs> after his name's called in the draft, all is forgiven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And don't you agree, Jeff? I mean, that's kind of what the Browns haven't had in a while. I, they they've brought in speed guys, um, you know. Uh, before um that really haven't had the big wide receiver um you know that some other teams have had so i think you know if i think a guy like that would really be given a shot and you know especially with stefanski liking the tight ends and i I know the browns play a lot at two three tight ends so maybe a big wide receiver isn't really necessary but um you know if he's got more speed than than the tight ends then i think the browns would have a spot for him yeah, I think there's a few things at play there. Um, number one, we know that we have two very expensive wide receivers already who um, we're going to have to do something with one of them probably in the next couple, three years. So we need to be developing somebody to step in. Um, and I think we've had several people on the podcast talk about the need to take the top off the opponent's yeah. defense. So some yeah. speed. Uh, an athleticism uh, combination at the wide receiver spot that we can be developing over the next couple of years. Um, certainly a, a need for the Browns um, from a, a developmental standpoint. Um, you know, where that happens in the draft, I don't, I, I mean, we've got Peoples Jones um, that's sort of in that path right now. Um, you know, we had Josh Gordon a number of years ago, uh, Terrell Pryor had some success for a season in that role. Um, I still think there's a you know there's a fit for that kind of player, regardless of how we structure our offense. Um, but um, this is probably a great draft to be looking like to Peter's point how, how deep you know we are at wide receiver this year. Um, it's a great time to be looking for that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, that, absolutely, and, and I think that. It's it's always difficult when when a draft is deep at a position like it like it is at wide receiver because you think well I get to the fifth or sixth round and I can take a guy there and you certainly can but you still you have to be thinking in the fifth and sixth round is that is a wide receiver you take in round six any better than what you've probably already got on the roster 
And probably right. the answer's probably the answer's no. Probably. <laughs> so, right. so you know, and I think that applies to lots of teams. You know, that the. the uh, so, so I think some of those later rounds are are, are ideal for just t- almost throwing a dart at a guy and and and, and taking a chance on somebody. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 for me, you know, if you're looking for that that big, so Nico Collins reminds me of of, of Marquez Valdez Scantling, who plays for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you talk about taking the top off the defense. You know that's what that's exactly what MV, MVS does. It's the yeah. one speed one speed guy that the Packers have got, and that's who Collins reminds me of. Hmm. Gotcha. Nice. So so Jeff, this is for you. <laughs> I've been talking to Peter a lot. The Browns have <laughs> nine picks in this draft, and you know we've talked about this. You know even before I think last season's draft. The Browns aren't bringing in nine rookies. Okay, nine no. rookies aren't making this team. So, are the Browns more likely to? Uh, I'll give you three options. Are they more likely to consolidate and move up and wind up drafting five, six guys? Are they more likely to take the guys they want and move some picks out? You know, uh, trade out, uh, moving picks out to next season, or are they more likely to? Use the picks and bring guys in and and have a look at them and just cut some guys they draft. I would say the first scenario is probably the most likely, but I think there are some elements of the second scenario as well. Um, just with with this draft not being particularly strong um, at the positions that we have a need at um, near the top, um, for instance. Um, most places I look, there's no edge ranked in the top 20. Um, there's only a couple of linebackers and cornerbacks ranked in the top 20. There's no safeties ranked in the top 20. I mean, all those areas that we really have the need at, this draft is is thicker in the middle rounds. Um, so, you know, I, I almost wonder if the Browns don't take that 26 pick and really go get a particular guy that they want with it somehow, either moving slightly up or down. Um, and then the rest of the draft, you, you're probably going to see them taking guys in that, you know, 70 to 90 range um, hmm. for depth on this roster and for development for future years. Um, I, I, you're totally right. There's no way on earth that anybody past the third round is contributing to the Browns in the next year or two. Um, so why, you know, why use those picks on guys that aren't going to make the team? I think there's more value in leveraging those picks into higher rounds, even if it's, you know, one or two guys that they can plug in as depth pieces. Um, one place that we haven't mentioned yet, um, offensive tackle, you know, we've got two really solid starters, but Kendall Lamb just left. In free agency, um, uh, Chris Hubbard had an injury late in the season. We just don't have a number three offensive tackle right now. Um, that may be somebody that you know gets picked up toward the end of free agency, uh, but I still I, I think that's a position that it would be great to find a guy in you know late round two through round three um, that we could be developing you know for when Jack Conklin's contract is up. So those kinds yeah. of decisions yeah. are going to be interesting to watch you know, this year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And so, Peter? So, yeah, yes. so, so a, good, a, a tackle in, in round two, right yeah. towards the end of round two somewhere. Um, so there's a guy at North Dakota State, which is where Trey Lance plays, um, Dylan Reduns. Um, is, a right, is a really good, probably right tackle in the pros, probably will go in the second or third round. Um, is a guy because of the level that he's played at probably needs a bit of time to come in. But with the tackles you've got, you're not looking for a guy to come in and and start immediately. You know, as, as long as there's no injury, so he he could be the guy. Yeah. Hmm. So Peter, you know what? Just kind of gloss right over Edge. What if the Browns cross everybody up and either 
pick a guy at edge or move up a few spots, you know, at 26 or move up a few spots, um, you know, somewhere in the 20 to 26 range and take the top edge guy available. Who, who do you think that would be? Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's a good point because Jeff, Jeff just raised that absolutely rightly, you know, in, in, in probably the first 15 ish picks, there isn't really an edge that's likely to go in the top 15, but then you've got three, three guys that, that, you know, you could see going between 15 and 30, might go between 15 and 25. Um, uh, Rousseau of, of Miami, um, just a huge guy, six, seven, big guy, longest arms you've ever seen. Um, I, I think he had 15 and a half sacks um, a year ago but has only played one year in college. So he opted out of this year. Um, And he's he's a young guy. So he's one of those guys that flashed it once. And, you know, do you pick on that potential? I think somebody will. Um, um, There's the guy, another Michigan guy, um, Quitty Pay. So edge rusher, probably going to go between 15 and 20 maybe pick 20 um and then the other guy from miami jalen jalen phillips so as i said earlier there's three miami guys with quincy roach probably going in the third round but jalen phillips is probably the third of those three in the first round and i i would expect him to possibly be there at 26 but he might go slightly earlier than that because i think once the first one gets picked then probably the other two get picked um, quite quickly after that. And Phillips on paper is probably the best player of all of those three. His issue is that he's, he, he's had a whole bunch of injuries, including a number of concussions in college um, to, the, to the point at one point where he even retired um, from playing and then wow. came back, came back and, and transferred um, to Miami. I think he was at UCLA or somewhere and then transferred to Miami after sitting out a year. If his head's in it, and if he's if he's fit, he's probably the best edge player on the board. But he kind of drops down this board because of those because of those concerns. Um, so yeah, I think I, I think picking up on Jeff's point about using those draft picks, the later draft picks to try and move up, I think that's a strong possibility. I think I think if you get to kind of pick fourteen and fifteen, say, and those three guys are still on the board, or two of those guys are on the board. You could definitely see, I could definitely picture teams in the 20s moving up to take one of those guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Makes the draft a little more uh, interesting for us, not knowing. <laughs> uh, you know, we're not used to picking so late in the first round in Cleveland. Well, I kept, right. I kept, I kept looking at the draft order, Rod, and I started at pick one and, and I didn't see Cleveland on there and I thought I must have got the wrong list. <laughs> and 26 what's this the list from the from the 1950s or what <laughs> i think what 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 makes it quite interesting though i think when you when you when you when you've had the level of success that the browns have had over the last couple of years and you know last year was they were just inches away um you get to the position where if you can cover the one or two holes that you've got in free agency. So you've done that with the safety position. If perhaps you can do it with the corner position, you then get into this, what's quite a nice position in the draft where you can almost pick any position. You're not going to pick mm-hmm. quarterback and you're not going to pick running back. But, but right. other than that, you can almost pick any position and it will be a, and it will be a good position to pick at if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whoever's, whoever's the best player on the board at that time, at that time, you know, would, would would almost fit nicely. And I think Andrew Berry has a, a predisposition to do that yeah. anyway. I really think he does. And obviously they're, they're looking defensive side of the ball, so they're not going to, you know, the chance of the Browns taking a wide receiver in the first round is, you know, not very great. But, um, but yeah, they, I, I could see him. I could see him taking an edge, a linebacker, a, a corner. You know, even you know, I don't think you know. It's probably not a safety, but um, you know, I could see him taking any any of those spots. So, 
it, it's very interesting. Uh, it, it's it's good to not know that the Browns have a need that they yeah. have to fill. And man, if these two guys are gone, we are in trouble. <laughs> so, uh, Peter, it's been great talking to you. Um, we've we've been going for a while, and I know it's I know it's pretty late um, across the pond. So, well, thank well, thank you, thank you for having me on. So, our clocks didn't our clocks didn't go forward this past weekend. So there's so there's only four there's only four hours between you guys and us right now. Well, um, you're probably just ready for dinner then, or so. <laughs> it's it, uh, yeah, it, it feels it feels that way. Um, but no, uh, thank you so thank you so much for for inviting me on. It's uh, it's great to talk some football. It's great to talk some draft stuff. It's um, I always get excited this this time at this time of the year. Um, you know, when you look at all of these potential draftees, knowing that you look at all of these, ninety nine percent of them never come to your team anyway. But it's still yeah. exciting. It's still exciting yeah. to hope and think and and um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So 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 everybody can follow you. You've got the you've got the two two different handles. Um, you're where are you where are you putting your draft content out under your under your main handle? Yes. Um, so, that's so that's at the underscore it underscore hedgehog. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's the one. Okay, excellent. Any closing remarks? Anything you'd like to leave everybody with? Um, nothing other than, I think as we touched on earlier, this has been a particularly difficult year for, for those of us who are kind of very amateur draft, whatever you want to call us, prognosticators, getters, whatever, because of all of these players opting out this year. But that makes it doubly hard for the teams this year. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult for them trying to make a judgment on players who haven't played for a year and won't have played for 18 months by the time the draft comes round. Players that they won't be able to necessarily run all of those guys through the full process that they'd like to run them through. Um, so I think it's quite difficult for teams this year. Yeah, definitely. Anything in closing, Jeff? You know, we, we've got a long time before we're really into the draft it's end of april and there's a lot that's going to happen between now and then but i just want to sort of go back to the things we've said in the past about how a roster gets built through the draft and you know where the browns are right now um if you look at our offensive line jedrick wills is the only guy on really a team friendly contract if you sort of break down how much these guys are getting paid over the next few years, mm -hmm. which really makes um, the point to why it's so important to hit on those mid round picks that you can fill the roster out with that are going to be on team friendly deals is we have to start paying some of our big guys, big money over the next few years. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to how Andrew Berry does that um, and, and maximizes the value for these draft picks. Peter, it's always a pleasure yeah. talking to you, by the way. Well, thank you, Jeff. You too. You too. Appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch over the next, uh, well, the remainder of free agency and the draft, which is, which is coming up. So this has been the Browns Blitz. We will catch you next time.